0: Come Thou fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing Thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet.
1: Tyler Daniel, welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. How are you tonight? i'm uh, I'm doing all right how are you bill i'm doing good doing good for the for the audience who's listening tonight uh, i 've asked on Facebook and other places in social media to if any members of the church who are kind of reeling from what has been going on with these policy changes if they wanted to reach out to me and to sit down and just to share a few thoughts uh, Tyler you and I have known each other uh, through facebook and, and other social media for a little while and and you took the opportunity to kind of, uh, grab at that and, uh, to see if it was something that we could do. I appreciate you sitting down with me tonight and, and just wondering if you might just introduce yourself to the audience.
0: Sure. Um, well, like you've already stated, my name's Tyler Daniel. Um, I'm from Mesa, Arizona. I, uh, born and raised in the church, uh, wonderful family actually had a pretty, pretty good experience growing up in the in the church uh loving parents that um you know I feel quite fortunate they're the, they're the type of parents that uh that uh, you know they cling to the gospel and they cling to a lot of the the teachings that the uh that the church has but um they're very much spirit of the law people and you know um I feel fortunate as uh you know you and I <clears throat> you and I have discussed over time um as I've gone through you know, my faith journey. Um, they're the type of people that, you know, love regardless. And um I, I think a lot of who I am today and how I feel about things is you know, is based off of uh, the love they have for me and the way the way they've the way they've raised me.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And I, I think that's great and, and I think often within these faith journeys so many people don't have that. They've got, you know, whether it be a rigid household or maybe just not a good support system or whatnot, and it's good to hear that you had you had a little more room there for as you put it for the spirit of the law to kind of uh be a part of your home. I uh I know that when this policy change happened a few days ago, that obviously lots of people throughout the church are uh, we're feeling lots of different emotions and, and really having, uh, you know, certainly a hard time trying to reconcile and think those things through. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is, is whether it be Mormonism in general, or perhaps this policy specifically, what are your, what are your feelings with, with the church and, and maybe if even I can ask more directly, why are you, why are you hurting over this kind of stuff?
0: You know, it's interesting that, um, when this, when the announcement first came out, I think it, I think I felt more confusion rather than anything at, at the beginning. Um, it was a hard thing to make sense of. And, and honestly, it, it still is, um, I think after the confusion started to dissipate a bit, uh, the, the next, sort of phase I went through was kind of an emotional reaction. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't positive. It was more, it was definitely more negative, um, trying to understand, you know, how it appeared, you know, through the past few conferences that, um, and some of the uh, work that the church has done up in Utah to help um, people in the LGBT community, Um, you know, this, this is definitely uh Curveball. It seemed very different than what the uh, the theme or the message has been, um, at least what it appeared to be to me uh, coming from the church uh, as of late. And um, you know, the initial reaction was negative. I um, I tried to kind of step back a bit, get a hold of the emotions, and try to find a way to to faithfully look at what was what was happening here, but. Um, one of the things that I find interesting about this is in in my life, I, um, you know, I've known people that, um, I'm, I'm, I myself am, 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 heterosexual and married and have children. And, uh, I've known very little people, um, or few people that, um, uh, belong to the LGBT community, but the ones I, I do know, uh, I've, I've learned to, to love. They're really good friends of mine. And, uh, but this isn't something that hits me directly. It's something that, um, you know, I've never had to experience. I don't know what it's like to feel that, that form of persecution or, or hatred. It's such a, (laughs) it's such a, uh, it's something that causes a lot of division and, um, I haven't had to experience the pain that comes from that form of, of persecution or the isolation that can come from it. Uh, but for whatever reason, I f- I feel very strongly that love should trump all, and that's that's pretty much the primary thing that I landed on during my faith journey as I was trying to figure out what it was I actually thought I I knew and believed and had hoping and, and uh, something that I feel very strongly about is 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 love trumps all. I think there's several different arguments that uh, can be made for for you know. Pro the sort of policy or against the sort of policy, but I think love needs to, to rule out here and, uh, it feels like this has caused a lot of, a lot of division, uh, among the church outside of the church and, uh, I don't, I don't think that that's, that's positive. I don't think that brings much benefit and I don't think, <laughs> I actually don't see the the divine in this. It's not something that the the Christ that I I tend to read about in the scriptures would uh, would propose. But uh, you know, I'm just a man. I'm, I'm weak. I I recognize that I don't have a clear understanding of almost anything. I just I just know what I feel at the moment, and that's that's where I'm at. My my heart goes out to all of the people. That that will be more directly affected by this than than myself the people that are hurting the people that uh feel alienated and not wanted or needed the people that feel devalued or the people that really cling to the words of, of the leaders of the church and and believe that uh you know they they are who they profess to be and, uh, i have to imagine that there's a lot of people out there right now that feel that the god that they 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 Profess to worship and and follow may think of them as lesser people simply based on you know who they are. I I see a lot of pain and suffering that's coming from this right now, and I just I don't know how to I don't know how to help.
1: You talked a little bit about love and how that really should be our motive in terms of of when decisions are made or how how we do things that are going to affect others that that we need to really come from a place of love and and I want to tie that into the next question which is to you what does what does zion look like when you when you think about where we need to get to and and what that looks like in in your mind's eye uh, what is what is zion uh tyler zion
0: this is a very interesting question it's
1: very it's it's it's
0: a hard one for me to 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 fully quantify uh you know when you read about zion in the scriptures one of the terms that tends to come up quite frequently in conjunction conjunction with it is uh you know of one heart and of one mind and i i think we have, as human beings have a tendency to kind of interpret that as 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 all of the, all of humanity thinking the same and being the same and, y- you know, I, I'm not one to say that that's not what it means. Uh, I just don't see how, at least with my experience in life, how that's possible. What I, what I do believe is possible, and this it, to me is a much more realistic form of Zion, is, uh, individuals coming together who are different and unique in all sorts of ways who are able to love each other unconditionally, regardless of differing opinions on whatever matter may exist, the ability to, to put those differences to the side and to love and to serve and to together work on expanding humanity in a way that allows for everyone to benefit and to be you know, happy to feel joy, to to share. I just, you know, you think about the inequality that exists in the world. Uh, it's it's hard to find the the justification in how some of us tend to live um, better than others. And you know, for me, there's lots of opportunity there for for us to kind of put aside the things that help us justify where we are at in life and our our opinions on matters and you know open up our, our arms and uh receive anyone for who they are. Uh I think if anyone's trying to progress towards being better that um, I think that to me is Zion. People who genuinely want to move move forward, want to be better people, want to serve and love one another, even though we all have our own weaknesses, pushing through those and, uh, kind of clinging to what Christ appeared to define as the two most important things. And those both center on, on love. (laughs) Even though a lot of people disagreed with each other back then, you know, I just, I just feel so strongly love, love Trump's all.
1: I, uh, the last question I want to ask is that when when these kinds of things happen, there's a segment of the church, and it's a much smaller segment compared to those who don't do this, but there's a segment of the church who f- feel responsible to dissent when they disagree. They feel like it falls on their shoulders to be a voice for those on the margins and, and what seems to happen is that the larger group doesn't seem very comfortable with that and there's this kind of pushback and sometimes there can be, uh, anger or judgment on both sides. And, and one of the judgments that some make is that those who are disagreeing or those who are dissenting, they're, you know, they don't really want to be a part of the group. They, they just need to either get in line or, or move along or perhaps the idea that maybe they're just not as faithful as the rest. And, and I want to kind of end with you just talking for a moment about why you stay and, and what your reasoning is for staying and, and maybe even touch on what the church means to you. Um, so that if people are listening to these, these stories, these, these quick, short stories of how some of us are reacting and feeling with all that's going on, that maybe those listening could understand better what, what the church means to people like you. And so I would ask Tyler, why, why do you stay in the church?
0: Well, you know, I think a a lot of it has to do with my, my upbringing, um, I had I had a lot of fantastic memories. Uh, I had a wonderful childhood growing up in the church. Uh, Lots of good experiences came from it. I, uh, you know, I served a two-year mission in a place where I just I fell in love with the uh, I fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with my ability to interact with them and to serve them and to get to know them. Uh, I feel like. A lot of the things that my parents have taught me, uh, based on their interpretation of, of the church and of the gospel and of Christ's teachings has been centered around, around love. And, and I believe that the church, um, has a tendency to, to push those as well, even though there appears to be moments of paradox where certain policies like this one tend to show a different side i uh you know to to the people who feel like those of us who who don't just fall in line and and agree with everything that comes out of the general leadership uh, if who think that we're, we're we're less faithful or or maybe even will tend to give us the label of, of apostate i um you know at first, when I started to go through my faith transition, that was something that scared me much more than it, it does now. Uh, I, but I, I honestly feel that, uh, there's a lot of justification within the scriptures as well as things that early church leadership said like, uh, you know, Joseph Smith was, uh, he appeared to be one that believed, you know, men put in those positions weren't always, you know, acting as prophets. Uh, there was a sermon he gave where he, uh, yeah, compared the church to, uh, I'm trying to remember what verse it was. Uh, He was comparing the church to how uh, Israel was at a certain point, where they were relying too much on on the priests of the time. You know, Joseph Smith had several other teachings that um, that I interpret as uh, him not wanting us to rely too much upon the prophets, that that could cause us to become darkened in our minds. Um, I always picture Joseph Smith at least as of recently much more like a uh a uh ancient Moses who who appeared to want everyone in Israel to to be prophets, to share in that responsibility, to have those similar experiences of of visiting with God and, and you know, interacting with him face to face. And uh I just don't I just don't feel that um you know that the God that we worship wants us to just fall in line. I think He wants us to, uh, to really think about these things that, uh, that we get from the leadership of the church. He wants us to analyze them, even wrestle with them, <laughs> uh, and kind of come up with uh, how we feel. I ultimately believe that it's not my responsibility to just follow blindly the things that come from leadership. First and foremost, my, my responsibility if I, if I profess belief in Christ is to is to follow him. And we're taught that the, the Holy Ghost plays a very important role in, in revealing truths to us. And so I'm very much more of the mindset that, uh, y- you know, the prophet speaking as a prophet and what he's, uh, you know, quote unquote revealing to the church is uh, confirmed to me by the, by the Holy Ghost. And, you know, that's something to, to, to get behind. I think that provides a, a, a testimony of, of what the prophets what's the prophet sharing uh i f- i feel more comfortable doing that i feel that i've taken uh responsibility for my for my beliefs for my faith that i'm going to be held more accountable for the things that i do because i take the time to to think about them to ponder about them to wrestle with them as for why i stay in the church um, you know it's it's a really good question uh one that uh, people have been asking me, you know, as of recently, people that I, that I know, that I trust, that I've, I've shared some of my, my frustrations with and my, my faith journey story. And uh, one of the things that I'm, I feel like I'm most drawn to is uh, receiving direction from, from the Lord, wanting to hear his voice and, and follow what his will is uh, for me. I've had several experiences in the church that I would I would consider to be uh spiritual. Uh, and though I I myself can't say that I I know that the church is true, um I focus more on the gospel, and I can't even say I know that is true, but it's something that I believe, it's something that I I have faith in. And ultimately, because I feel like I want to follow the will of the Lord, as I as I pray and I ask for guidance, I don't feel that the Lord is asking me to, to leave. I don't feel like he's pulling me away from it. I don't feel like he's guiding me away from it. Uh, if any, if anything, I feel like I'm being asked to struggle with, uh, with who I am at this moment, with what I'm trying to find, uh, as, as my belief systems are concerned and, uh, to struggle with what, um, you know, I would consider to be imperfections, even in what, uh, people consider to be a, a perfect church. That's why I stay.
1: <laughs> to, uh, to the listeners out there, you, you each have a voice. And, and it's my hope that as you listen to Tyler Daniel and others share their experiences that, uh, if you're interested, you might reach out to me. And and let me know if you'd like to share your thoughts on on where you're at with things and and what you kind of envision Zion to look like and and what keeps you here and what your what are the reasons that you stay. Tyler Daniel, thanks you thank you so much for being on Mormon Discussion tonight. And I think I think as a church, this is as much of a wrestle. As I've seen us as a membership have to do in my 18 years in the faith, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all this shakes out and and if we all, on both sides, probably have some valuable things to learn. Tyler Daniel, thank you again. Thanks, Bill. He's the one who healed the leper
0: And who brought the dead to life
1: He's the one who fed the hungry And who gave the blind
0: their sight He's the one who walked on water Then he brought them safe to shore
1: And whenever you may need him He's the one you're looking for So let him in And he will take